Today is December 27th, 2018. It's been quite a while since I've recorded. Um, yeah, it, it really has, you know, and part of it, uh, as a creator has been, um, you know, something as I, I like to say, sometimes you just gotta, gotta do what's best for the soul. And sometimes creating, um, isn't what's best for the soul. Sometimes meditating is what's best for the soul. Sometimes, you know, goofing off, um, crying, you know, entertainment, that's what's best for the soul. So the thing about me that I've learned this year specifically, and this, to be specific to what this recording is about, this is the year in review 2018. So this first year that I'm doing it on Anchor, because of course, hey, you know, I didn't really learn about Anchor until like last year, but um, normally I've been doing, let's see, I've been doing a YouTube end of year recording for, this would be my fifth year now. I've recorded, put it up on YouTube. I'm not important enough so no one sees it. Let me stop there. Because <laughs> it's, it's something I've learned this year. It's not that I'm not important. It's just a matter of... I create something. I put it up into a space. And I don't do the work to actually make it be seen. If I did the work why using the, the proper hashtags to bubble it up to the, to the top of the page... If I shared it on multiple platforms that I have, then more people would come to that table and see it. And I think at times for me, who wants to hear me rant for 10 minutes? Who wants to hear me rave? It's kind of that thought process. But one of the things I learned this year that I actually took to heart, uh, because I've learned it for the last five years, actually, but I've actually started to try to take it to heart is the way that I speak to myself. Times I'm gonna say that I'm small or that I'm not important, and it's just trying to train the mind and remind myself that every human being that breathes, that lives, that is is here is big, big in space, big in imagination, big in heart, and it's all how we carry it. It's all how we push forward. It's all how we choose to to invoke those powers, and it starts with your mind. Um, I've lived, uh, you know, 33 years, and at times I have not, <laughs> have not spoken the best about myself. And one of the things is I, I'm, I'm taking forward in 2019, if the Lord's willing for me to be there, is simply to be. Um, I think this year's theme was: I am learning, I'm trying, I'm growing, and. You know, there's so much to be said about that. So much to be said about, you know, constantly learning. And I think for me in my mind, the theme of this year is a theme that will take me forward forever until I'm gone. Because if if there's anything that I would say about myself, it's that I'm constantly learning, I'm constantly trying, I'm constantly growing. There's not a year that I've lived that I have not done those three things. Um, but over the last five years, I would say there's been exponential gains. You know, I this year is another one. This is this is the sea of of loss. That's what this year was for me. Um, I lost two friends 
Um, one I was extremely close with. He was a teammate, his co-worker. You guys have heard me talk all about Lucas. If you've listened to the nine of you, one of them being me, so eight of you. Uh, <laughs> but you've, you've, talk, you've heard me talk about Lucas and, and what his life meant to me and how profound his existence was to me. Um, another friend that I'll give space for right now is Mr. Bill Horvat. I lost him earlier this year. I lost him in March, and he used to uh, work with me when we in, in my uh, Best Buy days. Um, he used to work with me then, and um, at a time I managed him, and then he went off to do great things. And the thing about Bill was he was always so full of life and he would always tell you to take it easy and to always he was another one that was such an encourager he encouraged you to seek the greatness within yourself to 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 find um happiness and at times that's been the the biggest battle for me in my life I've, i've worried about being enough um, for myself so that the world can see me as something glorious and great. And as I've gotten older, and in the last two years specifically, I've learned that I the greatness is already within me. I am already great. I am already awesome. And, and if I'm going to leave this with you today, I, I'll, I'll take it from my poetry page. I'm plugging again, JDR Creatives. You are beautiful. You are amazing. You are worth it. That's to every one of you who listen. We have to be better about how we speak to ourselves, how we build ourselves up. It's a mind thing. It's, it's a thought process in which we have to be willing to, to say that we are beautiful creatures. And at the same time, not to limit our imagination. If you think it, then hell, go and make it possible. That's one thing that I've learned. There is not one space that I am not able to touch as long as I can think it and as long as I'm willing to do it. And more than anything, I have been blessed to, to, to do many things. But at the same time, I'm, I'm going to tell you about the, the other side of it. There have been a lot of lonely nights. And for me, I'm at a stage in life where I really do want to I want to come home to someone and I want to share my secrets and tell them about my day and, and hear about their day and listen to them laugh. And um, It's just the little things that come with it. But the, the, the biggest problem for me <laughs> is this, I've been single for so long, kind of, that I'm very set in my ways and, and the work is something that you have to do. And when I mean the work, I have no issue loving someone and showing them love my issue becomes when people need me to open up and that's the work that I have had a very troublesome part segue you to end of April I go on this magical majestical amazing wonderful 10 out of 10 trip take a cruise with a beautiful woman and we go to Mexico and um, spend 5 days um, with someone I love And, um, you know, part of the problem, I think, with my creation is, like I said, there are a lot of writers who get writer's block. I don't call it writer's block. I call it an emotional block. If my emotions are kind of spotty or torn up, it's very hard for me to concentrate on writing. You know, I do this exercise, as I call snippets, they're four-line stanzas, and literally... 
there's times where snippets are there to rhyme and there's sometimes where it's just a free form and you're just writing four lines but I really try to spend 90% of my time when I write snippets focusing on rhyme because it, it, it helps to boost my creativity and it also helps to to make my pen better as, as I feel now back to, to this beautiful woman I'm not going to give you her name I'm not going to say her name um, we'll just call her A um, as, as I write to her and um, at times she for four years I've known her longer but for four years I've interacted with her and she's she's been an encourager as well always encouraging always saying very very kind things and um sorry I'm getting emotional and I'm trying not to be um we went on this wonderful trip and it was so amazing it was, it was I'm telling you I can remember every detail of it from leaving port Hell, let's not even start there from from um, you know getting getting packed you know getting in the car you know leaving Florida heading to Louisiana getting to port being there early because I'm an early bird or picking on me for being early um, <laughs> uh, kind of walking around being so nervous being scared to, to get on this cruise because I was afraid of just what could go wrong. So my stomach was in knots. I couldn't even eat. She wanted me to eat. I couldn't. Um, I went to um, American Eagle. I've never bought anything there. And she was like, they got great underwear. Buy some underwear. And I was like, really? Buy some underwear. One of the best, best spare underwear I've ever had. Uh, they got some nice underwear. <laughs> uh, learn that from it. get on the boat you go you gotta do all the stuff to prepare to, to cast off and, um, just spending time with her and around and seeing her smile and then watching her watch me as I'm taking in this new experience that she's walked me through and um, you know waking up second day just blew around me and then I'm watching her watch me thinking I'm gonna freak out and just being relaxed and just enjoying myself and um and one of the nights that stood out to me when it was elegant night, we had to dress up really nice and having this really nice dinner with her. But um, one of the key moments to me that stuck out for that night was, um, you know, she was in these heels. She was she was beautiful. She was so beautiful. And she could barely walk in them. <laughs> uh, or I wouldn't say she could she could barely walk in them. I would say, like, it was, a, it was an adventure to walk in them. She could walk in them, but, you know, it's a bit of an adventure, and, um, you know, when the night was over, you know, she grabbed on my arm, and, and I felt like a man. When I say I felt like a man, let me say this. For 25 years of my life, I lived kind of like, I would say, in a dark room, interacting with people, doing the things you do, as she would call it, it's a survival mentality. You know, I am a black man in the country that at times wants to extinguish my individuality, wants to extinguish my mentality, it wants to extinguish everything that I am. And it's tough to have to be very, very on point and 
have to <laughs> to always be doing the right thing when people around you are doing the wrong thing. It becomes very frustrating and nerve-wracking, and you just sometimes you just want to scream. And my mother spent a lot of her life as I was getting ra- she was raising me. She was raising me to prepare for the world that was going to beat on me, and she taught me very well how to handle those things. But one thing that she did not teach me, that she couldn't teach me because it wasn't in her scope to teach me, was how to thrive, how to how to try to laugh even in the craziest times. And um, I've had to learn how to do that, and I've, I've learned how to do it. But back to a um, when she grabbed on my arm and we walked back, I felt like someone needed me. Um, and not in a way like people need me to help them at work. People need me, you know, my son relies on me to, but like there was a woman who was attracted to me and it made me feel like a person. I didn't feel small. I didn't feel important. What a lot of friends have said to me, and, and, and I'm, I'm transparent here. I haven't been transparent on this issue all the way. You know, I give you a flavor of it. I'm going to give you a flavor of it today. I'm going to give you all of it. Um, is, is that I'm very good at hiding in plain sight. And I am. I know exactly how to turn a light off in plain sight. I think what I would reference it to would be like in the Batman Begins movie where he was running from the cops and he was in traffic and he turned all his lights off on the car and he's just zooming. He's just, he's just in his predator mode, just chilling. And they, didn't, they couldn't see him. Like, where the heck is he at? And he turns his lights on and boom. That's how I am. <clears throat> I have the ability to allow myself to get very immersed in my work. And I use the work as a crutch. And I talked about this last year about not doing these things um, because I'm uncomfortable and I'm insecure in how I am seen in the world. And I feel less than when I should be celebrating the beauty that I am um, and, and celebrating all the accomplishments and all the hard work that I've done. So we come back to port and I and, and and real life set. And you know, at first it, it was good. You know, we get we're going through May and, and it's fun and, and you know it's like this is I have a girlfriend. What is that? I haven't dated someone since I was married. Like, oh, you know. <laughs> you know, I had been I had to that point I had been single for like five years. Like, uh <laughs> You know, like, yeah. So it was, it was interesting. And then the unthinkable happened. Um, June came, my birthday was approaching, and I was just ready to spend my birthday with her. And my teammate died, and you know, Lucas died, and um, his celebration of life. Subsequently, it was on my birthday. And let me tell you the type of person that I am. It's one thing that A would always kind of pick on me about, but not in a hard way. It would be more like kind of prodding at me. I'm a very, I believe in symbolism. I'm a, I'm a symbolic type of person. I don't believe that stars align just because they aligned. There's a meaning behind it. I don't believe that things don't happen for a reason. There's a meaning behind it. And his celebration of life was subsequently on my birthday. It was a time for me to spend time with my work family. These are the people who I go to work and I spend a lot of time with, um, sometimes more than my own family. And 
I just, she didn't want me to go. She thought it would be a bad idea and it would be tough for me to deal with that grief. And it was. And I was very angry with her for even saying that. Now I can sit here and tell you that I respect her for saying it. Um, I was angry in the moment because I felt like she was being insensitive to what I needed. And then when I got back, she wanted to do the birthday and, and I just was still grieving. And she was mad at me because she felt like I didn't care and that I wasn't respecting her effort. Yet she didn't, she really didn't dive into this situation with me about this, um, about death and about my grief for him. And I was grieving in my process and trying to, trying to find my place to accept it. And, and once I truly accepted it, then moving on and using Lucas as a light for me as I've learned to do. There are moments where I cry. Um, there are moments I get upset, but they're not as long as what they used to be. I miss them. I do. But um, I can hear them. You know, and it, it makes me laugh. It makes me smile. And I remember that this this dude, he is something. He's a something boy. And um, that's my dude. <laughs> I love him. But we go into July, August, you know, really busy time. I'm going. There's a lot. There's, you know, really big events coming up for work. I'll put it that way. And so I'm, I'm busy. Don't get as much time together. I think in July and August, maybe we've seen each other a total of twice um, with the kids. You know, she's a, she has a daughter. We let the kids play with each other and, and have fun. And it was, a, it was a kid's thing. It was no time to just us connect. Um, our, our schedules are opposite. So in uh, our lines of work, it, it becomes like that. It becomes kind of tough sometimes to juggle it. And... We get into September. I think I didn't even see her September. Didn't see her until her birthday's in October. Um, you know, I sent her some flowers to work. I thought that was important. I wanted her to know how much she meant to me. And um, at first she got flowers from her daughter, so she didn't even remember mine. And then she finally opened mine and like, oh, okay. And um, so I think I saw her maybe a few days later. And then, um, and then the, one of the worst hurricanes ever hit a week later. And yeah, everything just kind of came to a standstill. When it came to a standstill, I, you're in survival mode and I live there. Whereas people are grieving and they're just horrified because the storm has ripped up memories, homes, businesses, just everything. Um, I'm just surviving, doing what I need to do to make sure everyone's going to be okay physically and trying to repair anything I could mentally. She left the city. She went somewhere with her family and um, she didn't get back until November. Talked to her a few times. I had a lot of things going on. I had to do some things for work. Um, like I said, I, I literally didn't leave the city for six days. I wanted to make sure everybody in my family was good before I went back to work. Subsequently, when this hurricane came, I was on vacation <laughs> and it just was the worst fucking vacation ever. The worst fucking vacation. 
hand, um, I don't know, it, it, I just was surviving, so there was no time to thrive, there was no time to love, I became the encourager, and I'm very good at that role, I can encourage people from all types of situations, but I wasn't being the Jemiah, I wasn't being the Jemiah she needed or wanted, I was being the one that she doesn't like. She doesn't like when I'm just an encourager because she knows that I will take care of everyone before I take care of myself. The lesson I learned from A was I have to learn how to be me. One of the one of the things she would say to me is be you. Don't worry about what people think. Don't worry about if you're going to let them down, if you're going to disappoint them, be you. I have a problem with disappointing people as I would be called a people pleaser. I'm not such a people pleaser that I'm a doormat. I'm a people pleaser of uh, the people who are close to me, the people who matter. I feel really, really like shit when I disappoint them and I feel guilty so much that it it, it can cause me to become really depressed. Um, You know, for for years, uh, A and I went back and forth about dating. I didn't think it was a good idea because I felt like I was still quite broken and I know I am. This year showed me that dating is, it's something that I have to do to get past being broken. It's not something I can sit out on just because I'm broken. And I learned that because of her. I learned some very painful lessons um, trying to date, trying to be with her. Um, For her to be younger than me, she's brilliant. She really is. (laughs) She amazes me. And so I went back into that Batman mode and I turned the lights off to the car just driving in traffic as she would call it or most people call it ghosting I'm still out here I'm still here if you send me a message if you call me I'll respond but I just focused on the work I focused on the thing that I know I can be pretty decent at (laughs) and that's what I did and and then I, I lost her. But I wasn't I wasn't sad about it, honestly. Nor was I mad. I I love her, so I want her to be happy. And if 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 her going to find someone else makes her happy, I respect that. Now, you know, some people think I'm crazy, but I don't really care. I just want her to be happy, and that's what I'm happy for. But I learned that um if I'm not willing to to invite that person to my table fully, completely, that I'm never going to 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 fully get what I want from them and from myself. So in all the loss, all the sadness, I've had moments where I had to meet new teammates. I got a new team at work. That was kind of tough. I had to go through a process of vetting. That was extremely tough and rough. I have a new boss. My teammates, my new boss, amazing. God, very, very blessed that I have them. <laughs> um, what else? Like I said, spent many times, many nights alone, had many dinners alone, and had a lot of time to reflect. Um, in this last quarter of the year, fourth quarter, big time in, in, in business, 
I spent less time writing. It's more time reflecting. Um, but not taking those thoughts and jotting them down as I would to be better. Just really trying to, in my mind, say, you know, Jam, what can you do to be better? Remember, to this year was about learning, trying, and growing. Next year, I just want to be. I want to be happy. I want to be healthy. I want to be hopeful. I want to be big. I want to be imaginative. I want to be creative. I just want to be. And that's that's the goal. I've tried. I've learned. I've grown. I've cried. I've laughed. I've sang. I've yelled. I've done a lot in 2018. And I've also lost. But I also loved. And I may have not have loved as big as maybe that person wanted. But I loved bigger than I ever did. So as I leave you with my thoughts of 2018. This year was nothing short of a roller coaster. (laughs) Nothing short. But let me tell you something. I've cried and I've laughed at the same time. And I've cried just to cry. (laughs) Laugh just to laugh. And I love you. A few years ago, the mission was to love without limits. <laughs> and I keep forgetting these these years that I've went through. And this year, I ran into a wall. And I started to limit myself. What I learned is there are people in my life who love me just because I'm me. And if I need them, they are one call away, one ear away to listen to me. And I can't spend my life trying to be the strong one because all the strong ones do or they die faster. The message that I take from A is, and she would say this to me a lot, you can't spend your whole life surviving. When are you going to thrive? What's the use of living if all you do is survive? If all you're doing is waiting for the next bad thing to happen? Now, I want all of you to understand my perspective as a black man in this country. If you don't believe racism is real, if you don't believe people say mean things or treat you differently, they do. And for me, I was conditioned, I was trained to not allow them to affect my physical presence nor my mental presence. But they, those words still affect my emotional presence. You just don't see that. That's the darkness that I sit in, the lonely nights and things like that. I've allowed the world to eat me up so raw at times that I've pushed away everything that is beautiful in my life. And I think that's the realization. That there's so many flowers that I was able to partake of and smell and see and they were so beautiful. And I lost a few. Not because I wanted to, but they're they're dead. They're gone. Their color will never be vibrant again as long as I can put eyes on it. But there's still so many flowers around me. And I um I have to be better. And I will be. Because like I said, I'm just trying to be.
And that's, that's the message. I've lost a lot this year. But by losing, I've gained so much knowledge to position myself to be better. But it's really simple. If I'm not being, if I'm not trying to be something bigger, brighter, if I'm not trying to love, if I'm not trying to just live, then I am only dying. We're all dying, but what, what slice of it do you want? Do you want to die and not have ever tasted greatness? Or do you just want to, you want to die reaching for it? I want to reach for it. I want to grab it. I want to rip it. I want to throw that bitch. I want to do everything. Leaving the country this year was very big for my heart. Those moments were big to see different things. I will travel more in 2019. I will see more as long as the Lord allows me to live and breathe. Whatever your 2018 was, just know that I love you all. And I hope that it was good for you. I hope it wasn't as, as turbulent and tough as mine was. And I wish you the best in 2019. <laughs> she knows it.